0: Ah, Christmas, a time of caring, sharing and compromises, like deciding which presents make your list or which in-laws you're going to for dinner. But with Unpust Mobile, there are no contracts, no bills and no compromises, just unlimited calls, texts and a whopping 50 gigabytes of 4G data with 99% population coverage, all for only €15 a month and you get the first month free when you switch. Switch to OnPost Mobile today and shop our range, including the Samsung A02S from 129.95 at onpost.com forward slash mobile or at your local post office. OnPost Mobile, for your world. €15 Euro unlimited available for new customers. Fair usage policy applies. For terms and conditions, see onpost.com forward slash mobile.
1: Welcome to... The Blood and Mud Podcast. It is the end of season, full season, special party time party, ladies and gentlemen.
2: You've, you've literally had that thing in your desk drawer for like a whole year and you're just waiting to break it. There it is.
1: I mean, to be honest, the weird thing about the party horn is, is that it nothing says party less than that sound, does it? Yeah. It's
2: just it sounds so like, fed up. Uh, yeah, it's not even like a party claxon or whatever, you know, it's See, party klaxon.
1: That is much better, isn't it? Weirdly more party.
2: Yeah, let's be at the darts.
1: I'm Lee Calvert from Blood and Mud. And joining me over there
2: is Uh Josh Gardner of Rugby Shirt Watch allegedly.
1: <laughs> oh, this is outstanding. And um Yeah. Yeah, it's the end of season. We've had the party yeah. horn. I've got nothing else to say, really.
2: Yeah, Lee's had a big kebab, so that could I've go on. Re- I
1: do apologise, buddy. I had a big, ke- a really hot kebab before I came on, and now my nose is running. <clears throat> so I apologise if I end up sounding a bit like I've got a cold, but it's not that it's the kebab. Um, you can get in touch with us about kebabs or anything, really. Yeah. Me, at Blood and Mud, and there's Lee at bloodandmud.com and all that stuff and DMs and all that. And What about you, Josh?
2: Uh, there's at Josh Gardner, there's at Rugby Shirt Watch, and of course there is rugbyshirtwatch.com, should you be uh, so inclined.
1: We do shit good, obviously, at the end of this, and I've actually yes. just sent a tweet to say, can you nominate as we're going live? So I might just yes. read them out randomly as they come in.
2: Which is, of honest, yeah, which is, to be honest with you, a new level of unpreparedness for us, because usually we ask them, you know, about oh, five o'clock at the latest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they've we're, got a good load
1: of them to look through. But actually, you we're... have to be off the, you know, if you fast off the trigger, you'll be on.
2: Exactly, yeah. So, this is who who is paying attention to your Twitter? That is the question. We'll find out we in the next half hour.
1: Find out later on desperatepodcast.com.
2: <laughs> I uh, yes,
1: I need to read out who's done the five dollar patron this week. Anyway, you can get in touch with us. We're on Acast, we're on Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. We've also got yes. the Patreon page. Thank you so much to everybody who gets involved in that. Indeed. I'd like to thank Tom Osdober, who signed Ooh. up for the Brew VIP lounge this week. Wow. To get some mention on the pod. Also, Tom is a regular contributor, rugby sage, and sometime writer for the blog that I was once responsible for. So he does far more than me in terms of writing for that blog. So <laughs> welcome along, Tom, and thank you very much it's indeed.
2: Something of a busman's holiday, that for him then, really, isn't it? Listening to this podcast. It it's is. like... Yeah.
1: We start as we always start with a player spotted, then we'll decide if we're of gonna course. sit down. But we'll hang around by the bar to do the player spotted, then we decided we're gonna sit next to you down the clubhouse yeah. after that. Yeah, you know. Player spotted this week, long time listener, Losaurus Rex gets in touch mm. and says Jazz, I'm jazz handsing into your DMs for an Hello. unlikely, yeah, rugby stroke musical theatre themed player spotted. Jesus. Recently, I went to a Newport Operatic Society production of Little Shop of Horrors at the Dolman Theatre. Newport has an Operatic Society. That's the first fucking bombshell yeah. that's come out of this. <laughs> Absolutely
2: <laughs> rocked my world. That.
1: No sooner had the show started than we clocked that Seymour, the Rip- yes, we know the Rick Moranis character. Yes, Seymour. Suddenly Seymour. Yeah.
2: Um, it's musical theatre actor so with yes. Lee Calvert.
1: <laughs> May have been miscast. Instead of a weedy florist, the lad playing him was a brick shithouse roughly a foot taller than everyone else on stage with a strangely familiar face. During the interval, we looked him up and his name was, as Seymour, Steele Quinnell. Holy shit. S-T-E-E-L-E, by the way. Steel yes. Quinnell. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I says, holy shit, I wonder if he's related to... Was as far as I got before Scott Quinell stepped out of the labs opposite Amazing. where we were standing.
2: Amazing.
1: He said, "I'm pleased." Uh, says, "I'm pleased to report that the man is just as bloody lovely as he seems, with an excellent kilowatt smile. He kindly rolled out for a quick picture. We complimented his son singing. He told us how proud he is. Cockles were warmed. Legend. Full stop. He said, uh, says note. I realise that spots should be mundane and boring." And would like to take the opportunity to remind you that if this seems too interesting, all of the abud did take place in Newport.
2: Indeed, but Steele. It should be pointed out, Steele Cornell is like he can't be more than like eighteen or nineteen years old. So he's gone. He's he's, he's,
1: you know he's taken the fork in the road down to musical theatre rather than rugby.
2: Yes, I see. Looking at his Twitter page, he also does. uh, He's quite a good uh, painter as well. Well. So basically, he has just totally fucking deviated from the, uh, well, I mean, unless you count Scott Quinnell's appearance in Stella or doing those uh, Coast Code Lottery adverts acting. Uh, His wife's yes. got a
1: candle business, isn't it? The Quinnell candles. Yes. Maybe that's the yes, artistic they side.
2: They are quite the multidisciplinary family, aren't they? I do. Uh, I love it. Yes, yeah, fantastic. And more power to him. And,
1: uh... and more power to steal for being a singer. And, you know, we like a bit of musical theatre around here. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. a magnificent player spotted, by the way, because it's is... offspring of player. Yeah. And it's in Newport. And we found and that it's... Newport have gone know uh, Newport Operatic yeah. Society.
2: Yeah. And it's also it's just, yeah, it it ticks all of my boxes.
1: Magnificent stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank you. If you want to send in a player spotted, and again, you know, the other week when I said we need to get him in because I was running out a bit, we've had a fucking shitloads come in. So we're we're parking loads. (laughs) It's like the drive-through. The grill parking is packed. You know for a fact it's going to come out wrong. You're going to be pissed off when you get home, but it's too far to go back. All of that.
2: Always, always check before. When you go through the drive-through, always check. Yeah. Then you've got to get out of your
1: car, haven't you? Yeah. To go in, and then people will see that you're in your pyjamas or your boxer shorts. Yeah. That's no good.
2: You've got to do that awkward thing where you hang around the front of the till, but you're not in the queue, and, and you're trying to get. They give you them attention. filthy looks, don't they? Yeah, it's doing? like have I already fucking paid for this, and they fucked it up. It's not my fault. Yes. Uh, that. Oh, that, you never know that in McDonald's
1: either. When all you want is some sauce,
2: oh, and you don't see. want to
1: queue up, but you got you kind of edge the front, thinking, "Look, I'm just getting, I'm, I'm just." just I, 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 have, I have a sandwich board with it written on. I'm just getting some sauce. I can walk down the front. I just,
2: I just wave my existing McDonald's bag sort of threateningly <laughs> and hope that people get them.
1: Stand back. Stand back, yeah. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> right then, enough of this McDonald's chitter chat. Yes. Other burger brands are available.
2: Yeah, better ones, let's be honest.
1: I went to uh, Five Guys Burgers and Fries with my dad the other week. And my dad was fucking fuming at how expensive it was. <laughs> he properly lost all of his shit.
2: Well, that's the thing. There is a there is a, a generational cutoff yeah. around spending nine quid on a <laughs> takeaway it's burger. Not... And I completely sympathise with that, yeah. but they do taste a fuckload better. My bear.
1: dad's a geordie. He's like, I thought, I thought the fucking fries come with this. Like, I said, no, no, dad, that's just a burger. Eight poon. Fucking eight pun for a burger. And well, he wasn't effing because he's my dad, but I could see he wanted to.
2: Yeah, and, and rightly so. Although, if I'm honest, Five Guys is very good. It is. Uh, good. Yeah. Anyway. It's not. Shake Shack's better (laughs)
1: then. never been in. Um, Shall we decide who we're going to sit down next to in the clubhouse? You went first last week, so I'll go first this week. Cool. Your first man to choose to sit next to for the Generations podcast is Albert Concrete. Right. He's a nice man, but he's a very boring man. Right. And he tells stories with incredible detail. For example, you know what I'd say to you? I went to the butchers the other day and I bought some chops. Yeah. Which is boring enough in itself.
2: Yeah, believable be and boring. You know, yeah. This is
1: how Albert will tell you that story. I was right. at the butcher's of the Day, right? Went in, I said, all right. He said, all right. He said, what are you having? I said, I'll have some chops. He said, how many chops you want? I said, I want six chops. He said, eight, it's eight for six. If you get eight, you can have it for six." I said, go on, then I'll have eight." So then he gets the block out like that, right? Shows me it. Said, Look at that. I said, yeah, good, good chops. He said, then cut some like this, right? One, two." Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, right? Rolls them out, wraps them, wraps them up like this, puts them back in the paper, in the bag, hands it over, says, £7.50. I says, are you sure that's right? He said, yeah, that is right. So anyway, eight chops for £7.50. I goes then, I says to the wife, I said, I've got got chops. She said, I'm and so you get get the feeling,
2: yeah? (laughs) I was just wondering how long you would commit to that, because fuck me. So that's really your first bored. choice,
1: Albert <laughs> Concrete. And that's just one of his stories. Imagine when he gets on to like going the bakers and maybe going go the betting me. office. It will be absolutely staggering.
2: It sent me into a weird sort of fugue state. <laughs> that. I was just, I just sort of just momentarily left my body.
1: So that's your first choice.
2: Yeah, it's not a strong start. Albert Concrete.
1: Second choice is Johnny yeah. Clunge Waffle. Oh fucking hell! Johnny is communicates almost entirely in quotes from the popular American sitcom Friends. Do you remember that?
2: Oh, I do remember that, yeah.
1: Then, but then sometimes, if you mention Jennifer Aniston, he gets randomly really worked up about her oh. post-Friends career. Oh, dear. And about how she never really made the transition between television and cinema um, adequately.
2: Never became the star she was meant see, to I be. See, I said
1: that quite normally. He really, really gets worked up. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, on the one hand... Could he be any more annoying? (laughs) But uh,
1: see what you did there. Right. I think it's
2: gonna it's gonna have to be him. It's gonna have to be him. Yeah, because fucking hell. You can at least join
1: in a bit with a friends chat, can't you? you Yeah, you know, urban concrete's too much.
2: Yeah, it's just way too much. Right. Okay. (laughs) Your two. Yeah. Bit of a bit of an interesting crowd this week. Um, Your first one is Mm. Favela Joe.
1: Favela Joe.
2: Favela Joe. He's Brazilian. Uh, well, we'll come on to that. He's fullback for Hartley Brewers 3rd 15, and uh, Joe is captivated watching videos of magnificently talented Brazilian children playing football in the slums of Rio de Janeiro. Um, and he's made it his life's work to bring a bit of that samba expressionism to the rugby field. Yeah, uh, yeah I like that. I
1: can't argue with that.
2: Unfortunately, what Joe took from watching these videos is that the way to achieve this is by playing in bare feet. <laughs> um now, there are obvious drawbacks to this, namely the 17 broken toes, eight broken metatarsals, 39 puncture wounds that he suffered in the five seasons since he adopted this, what he says, is revolutionary new approach to rugby. But you can't deny he's got a beautifully cultured left peg. So uh, that's for Joe. I quite like Favela Joe because it reminds me, do you remember the
1: Nike advert, I think in the late 90s or could have been early 2000s, which had Peter Rousseau, the former South African winger, going to a township and saying this is how we it did it's great to see them engaging in rugby and they were all running around in bare feet which is strange because it was a Nike advert you think they'd have given them some pumps to play yeah, on could wouldn't
2: you at but... least give them some, some daps so because you know, it reminded
1: yeah. me of that I quite like Favela Joe and I like yeah, well, I like what he's trying to achieve so but yeah okay
2: good, good I mean it's not the most practical thing but you know he's got a dream well, and who can
1: practical yeah. practical, yeah
2: yeah, you might have to help him to the bar because he's always on crutches. You know, it's not a big deal. Uh, okay, so your next, your other option this evening is Malcolm Sex.
1: Is that with two <laughs> X's or one X?
2: Uh, it's two X's, obviously. Oh, brilliant. Um, uh, he's the left-winger cum Lothario of Cleveland Cleavers RFC's first eleven. Um, he has a policy of never having any fewer than seven girlfriends on the go at once and regularly makes comments about sleeping with his teammate's wife-slash-girlfriend um, that nobody knows is entirely serious or not. Uh, there's a bit I, of a vibe to I'm it. really <laughs> laughing at this, and I'll tell you why in a minute, come on. <laughs> um, he's never read a book in his life, uh, he only watches Love Island and Ex on the Beach on TV, and he only uses the internet to go on Tinder, and as a result, he's entirely unaware of how hideously inappropriate his nickname is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, William... <laughs> I actually played with a lad who played Wing. <laughs> He was pretty much the first half of that explanation. He always had like he he was he was living with a girl and he just shagged everything, and he was and he was a big guy, and he got nicknamed by one of our lads, Tarka the Love Otter because because he was too, he was too That's big. So much he was too big to be a love rat. He was too big, yeah. so he called him the love otter. So he got nicknamed Tarka, and nobody could quite work out. And he could never quite work out. if have were called him. T- he thought it's because he died for the line and stuff, but no, it wasn't because nope. was he was a love otter.
2: That's so much better than Malcolm Sec. <laughs> but anyway, there well, you all go. He's got to be for yeah. Joe. It's got to uh, be for so, Joe. Yeah. Malcolm, he's a sleazy motherfucker. You wouldn't want to be him
1: no. anyway. Filth. Right. Yeah. So um, we've done that. Shall we? Shall we now? We've sat down. <laughs> Yeah, Trying to, yeah. We've got as Shout far away some... from Albert as possible, so we can't hear him droning yeah. on.
2: Um, um, some news, is it? News, is it? Yeah, aye, probably. <laughs> um, first bit of news. Um, Gruff Rees, uh, not the super furry animals one, the other one, the rubbish one, um, is now uh, <clears throat> having seen fit to uh, render the Ospreys borderline unwatchable for a large periods of the last two years. He's uh, gone and got himself two jobs. One, jumps, of which is, right. okay. one of which is the coach of Cardiff Academy, which oh, should goodness. fill Blues fans with absolute glee. Uh, and the other one, he's now joining Kingsley Jones as, Canada, <laughs> as the backs coach of Canada. Now, oh. honestly, if there's one thing better than Kingsley Jones on his own, it's Kingsley Jones plus Gruff Reese as the ab- two-headed hydra of unwatchably bad rugby. I'm really sorry, Canada. This oh is oh my us.
1: God, that's going to be what a cocktail that is, by the way.
2: this continues the period like the practice of being Welsh being one of the most <laughs> like potent bits of like qualification that you can ever have if you're applying for a job for a tier two or tier three rugby nation. It does not matter how bad you are. If you just rock up and say, "Yeah, I'm Welsh, we fucking love that shit. They'll basically give you the job.
1: Isn't Gareth Reese a big noise in Canada rugby these days? He sounds Welsh as well.
2: Probably is. I'm sure, to be he is. Honest. I'm
1: sure he's like the elite rugby person or something.
2: Well, it's 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 baffling how many incredibly, to be honest with you, not even mediocre, terrible rugby coaches from Wales have gone to get jobs elsewhere, <laughs> and and in international rugby it's baffling. International head coach Kingsley Jones. International backs coach, coach. Griffiths. Unbelievable. Anyway, so there's one. Yeah, so that's um, a bit of
1: news. Well
2: yeah, uh, good luck, Canada. Yeah, good luck, Canada. You are gonna fucking need it. Uh lost
1: to the USA on the weekend. Just yeah. that news itself was enough to send you down.
2: Yeah, Canada have basically lost to everyone this year since Since
1: Kingsley, Kingsley took Gen-
2: over. Yeah, it's not a great you know, it doesn't doesn't speak massively highly of his it credentials, doesn't. does it? But oh well. What other news have we got? Well, uh, after England's fantastic 2-1 victory over uh, South Africa in the Test Series. Oh, yeah. no. It was the, yeah, yeah, that one. Um,
1: All right, we'll get to that. you just keep your powder down the piss taken until we get
2: there? <laughs> uh, Andy Costlett, who's the chairman of the RFU, is, uh, for entirely for no apparent reason today come out and said that Eddie Jones isn't guaranteed to be England coach at the Rugby World Cup next year. Um which is just the sort of reassuring noise of happiness, even though we continues.
1: gave him a ec- two-year extension on his contract yeah. about five minutes there's ago. No, he's now no not guaranteed.: gar- Yeah
2: it's literally because a we year's really time.
1: think this fucking thing's through.
2: What do they think they're going to do between now and the World Cup to somehow right this ship if the wheels have fucking come off? Honestly. What a stupid thing to say. It's oh just anyway, yes. Come back,
1: Stuart Lancaster. That's the next call.
2: Honestly, (laughs) it's going to be that way.
1: Yeah, so that's that. Any more news that people need to know Um,
2: about? Oh, there was, uh, what's his face? Sean Wayne has joined the uh, SRU as high-performance coach. Yeah. You you actually were, uh, I wouldn't say you broke that one, but you were reporting on that rumour. There were rumours, yeah, that
1: he was off to a job, but they thought he was off to France because that's where the very charming, Tomkins. Were meant to, Sam's going there, or was he? I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, so he's off to he's off to mm-hmm. Scotland to be the high performance coach. He said he'll, yes, he Yes, whatever said, that is. The Scottish way of playing the game is fast. Hang on, I've done the wrong voice. The Scottish way of playing the game is fast, highly skilled, and positive. He said, "That's something I want to contribute to and help develop further." He said. I see this as a fantastic opportunity, not only to impart what I've learned over my career in rugby league as a player and a coach, but also to learn myself from Union and look to support the excellent work already being done in Scotland. Because you have to understand that people from Wigan say Scotland with a C in the middle. Are they really? They say well, Sc- Scotland, yeah.
2: <laughs> but, I mean, he's going to have to get out of that very yeah. quickly. I love if it here
1: he... up in Scotland, he'll be saying, yeah. and people will get yeah. very annoyed.
2: To which Gregor Townsend is going to turn to go fuck himself. I never,
1: yeah. un- I never understand what these high performance. Head of high I performance. For what don't the, Which bits what, is it? Is it the, is it the whole what game? Do?
2: What, what do, do you do? What do you do? Answer, please, listeners, answers on a postcard <laughs> as to what the fuck a high performance director does.
1: Alright, lads. How
2: are you sure? Still, still are you, performing. Are you
1: performing? Aye. Could you yep. perform more highly, do you think? Yeah. No problem, never boss.
2: Yep. <laughs> How highly could you perform? Very? Yeah. <laughs> Good, great cracking.
1: cracking, I'll be in the office.
2: <laughs> Sheila, hold my calls.
1: Yeah, but because remember when didn't when Dennis Betts went to Gloucester as their skills coach, you always want to know yeah. what skills are they actually doing. You might yeah. hear my dog barking because he's an arsehole in the background.
2: <laughs> um, it's not the first time we've heard that, you know, an no. intervention on this podcast, let's be honest. So
1: there you go, that's the news. Shall we move yes. into what we've learned from this last weekend of the proper season and proper internationals yes. and all of that stuff
2: yes because it is it, the season finally the season that feels like it started 4 score and 17 years ago uh, <laughs> this actually... is our
1: second full season because we started it in the yeah. middle of the world cup didn't we in 2015 so this is the end of our second full so we've done like two and two and 3 quarter seasons would you say something yeah. like
2: that yeah we're approaching and thank you everybody four, for coming years. along
1: and we've gone from I think I think the first episode we had about 500 listens. Yeah, it's significantly better than that now. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank fuck for that. Thank fuck for that. We, have we had jacked it in yonks years. ago. Yeah. But...
2: <laughs> yeah. Just think, like this, not this time next year, but in like 14 months' time, we will have done a full World Cup cycle where you've gone from sort of the heights of despair to, to the real heights real optimism, of despair, <laughs> real optimism again to the heights of despair again. Um.
1: Can that's you have him, a height of despair? You don't yeah, care, do you? Def- you're just enjoying yeah. it too much.
2: It's fucking hilarious, to be honest. But, right, um, what have we learned
1: from the weekend? Here's what I've learned, um, right? Yeah. Do you know, you've always got that mate who will not admit that he's wrong. Oh, yeah. And covers up his crass-like stupidity and sort of social terror at being wrong.
2: I see where you're going here, but yeah. By just
1: totally, massively being right and saying, no, I'm right and I'm right and that's the end of it. Yeah. John yeah. Lacey is that friend.
2: Oh, yeah. Um. I'm not sure... Like, OK, fair enough. If, if accidentally blocking a player to create a ginormous hole... And not enough... just
1: any player, by the way.
2: The fucking scrum half.
1: And not Our just and any sa- scrum half, by the Our way. Our lord
2: and saviour, <laughs> Baptiste Saran.
1: How um, dare you, John?
2: Well, it's like... Fair, if it's not against the rules at the moment, then... Fair enough. But A, it fucking needs to be pronto... And B, how on earth did they not think to make it one beforehand? Well, like... he, could,
1: he could have called a scrum, though. There is a kind of
2: general rule, I think, around... Yeah, well, most referees, if they, you know, yeah. interfere with play... The ball bounces go... off them or something, they go, oh, yeah. sorry, lads, yeah. I'm sorry. But Lacey was just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to stand here and move and just make it impossible. I also like...
1: learned it would have made no fucking difference to the game. These people are oh, going none on what... about that because, none you whatsoever. know, let's be honest.
2: None whatsoever. It was... Uh... Well, yeah, on that point, actually, I-, I also learned that Damian McKenzie is, like, the ultimate boom-or-bust player. Like, and I
1: like that about him.
2: I love him. But, like, honestly, has any player ever gone from, like, such lows of genuine incompetence to such highs of unadulterated brilliance with the intensity that that sort of weird, freaky-eyed motherfucker has gone? Like, you can literally go from booting the ball out on the full under absolutely zero pressure one second to, like, dancing through an entire team to score or throwing a fucking inside no look ball to a player that's come from absolutely nowhere that nobody else has seen. To uh, It's just, he's fun as hell. Hmm. But I doubt that Steve Hansen sees the funny side, to be honest. So, he's probably going, yes, but no.
1: <laughs> the live shit goods are coming in. Oh, hello. Going back to what we just said, the pen yeah. says that good is Scotland's signing Sean Wayne to their backroom, backroom staff.
2: It might be. And the I performances
1: of George Hall versus Adam But We'll come on to that later on. We'll come on to that. Yeah, sorry. Um, Carry on.
2: Yes. So, uh, which, which particular of the flavours of fun from this weekend would you like to handle first? Would you like you to handle...
1: Should we go for Ireland first? Because really that's the more sort of yes. top-end, newsworthy, actual, genuinely brilliant performance.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, i what i learned is that it's kind of something that we've kind of been suspecting for a while but Ireland really are the like the smartest team in the world i'd say at the moment like all blacks are the best team on the planet don't get Hmm. me wrong but like Ireland might be the most streetwise and the most intelligent like two weeks on the bounce they've made some really savvy adjustments to counter what the wallabies were doing game plan wise and like like this week, really obvious from the outset that their plan was basically to try and spread it wide as quick as possible to try and take advantage of the supposed frailty of the um, the Irish blitz out on the wide channels, but they were just so disciplined at getting up in that 13 channel that they they got absolutely no change out of it through the entire game. And it's interesting, you remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how shit Robbie Henshaw was as a 13 defensively in that first test? Yes, Fucking night and day he was an absolute <laughs> hammer and yeah it, it just shows how clever they are and how good at game planning they are and how good at sort of making adjustments to their own And they still and had to grind
1: it. it out and yet still managed Absolutely. to do the glory yeah they,
2: they, it was it was as professional a job as you've seen any team do on any other team recently to be honest it was remarkable stuff
1: and it was that kind of piss take as well that we'll just shuffle the back row again round again yeah, standard six. <laughs> another one. in an yeah. Eight, no problem.
2: Yep, still brilliant. Um,
1: yeah, so glorious performance from them, really. What are, is it? All Falao's card?
2: Well, it's another week, another fucking contact in the air controversy, isn't it? Like it was a card. I don't agree that Fallout deserved not one, if not two yellows, to be honest. Um, but again, this this, this issue that's been brought up of like. Why... Like, he was being lifted. He was, and so, by
1: one person, which creates one a per-
2: problematic pivot from an engineering point of view. Well, yeah. And also, Folau was in the air. He was in the air. How come, because he is being ill-advisedly lifted by a teammate, does that automatically put the duty of care in Israel Folau's? You know, it's it's... They were both technically in the air. Like, I get... Making some contact with someone in the line out is the kind of the only precedent of a similar thing elsewhere on the field. But like, why why are players even allowed to lift on the field? Really?
1: In open play? Yeah. Yeah, it's always been allowed, hasn't it?
2: It's always been allowed. But when you think about it, it's like well, you don't do it anywhere else. It's literally only used now for receiving kickoffs.
1: Yeah, it's true that. When there's usually nobody anywhere near it either. Yeah. It's only unnecessarily it's like... a waste of everybody's energy and necessarily dangerous. Yeah. apart from falau got near to it because he's falau yeah
2: i mean that's funny but it's this well like a weird vestigial tale of a rule but when you think about it it's like well, why is that even still a thing i don't know if it should be because like i like say it is potentially very dangerous and it, it sort of creates this weird imbalance of thing where if you just lift someone up in the air you're automatically giving yourself a massive advantage that the defending player cannot do unless he times it spectacularly well with somebody who happens to be running in front of him um, which I don't think is likely it's it's a it's a weird one it might be time to get rid of it I think
1: I learned that Nick Phipps has got to face like an immoral hedge fund manager
2: Oh, he's, he's hard to like that guy really
1: he? is very hard to like. <laughs> like
2: extremely speaking of hard to like Michael Checker doesn't laugh like a fucking whinge, doesn't he? <laughs> Jesus. And, it's,
1: and it is exacerbated by the voice, isn't it?
2: I know. It, it doesn't. It, it's it's the face of... It's the hangdog expression that he always has at the end of a losing test match where he just looks like he's been so hard done by and then he whinges. And it's like, fucking hell, mate, I get it, but just you don't have to do that every week. And he kind of has been. It feels like for the last two or three years, all he's been doing is whinging about referees. And it, it's, it's...
1: You think like, he, he doesn't have to do this, does he? Because he's independently wealthy and all that. You think if it made yeah. him this miserable, he, yeah, know, exactly. he'd take Quite up clear. guitar or something, you know?
2: Yeah, just, you know, just focus on your watercolours or something. Do I some don't
1: crocheting know. or something,
2: Mike. Yeah, get into jigsaws. Yeah. It's it's Honestly, like if he... Do people still get into jigsaws? Are they still a Maybe. thing? Uh, maybe the elderly. Literally
1: like, you know, yeah. maybe the elderly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Just a guess. But, um, yeah, honestly, probably should probably spend a bit less time moaning and a bit more time game planning, because apparently, Checker let the team collectively create the game plan for the first two tests, and then took the job on himself for the third test. And his game plan was throw it around with predictable but terminal intensity, and then fuck up.
1: It... See, I don't have a problem with that. You know, it, it is a coaching philosophy to put it to your players and go, what have you guys yeah. got? What do you think? What do you think is going to work?
2: I just Then you need to come up with a better idea or at least as good an idea when... Somebody, has, you know...
1: somebody has to make the decision, don't they? Because there's that brilliant clip of Neil Warnick in the football when he's rowing with a having the most Yorkshire row ever with um, one of his defenders about who's picking up Jolie and Lescott. And he goes, well, who've you got? And he says well, it's not that easy. And he goes and then he says, "You know, I'm come trying to be still. No, because you pick him up and you pick him up, and then if he scores a goal, I don't fucking blame you." <laughs> Which is, and I've got I've got a lot of time for that management style. That look, just do yeah. as I fucking tell you, and if it goes wrong, it's my fucking fault. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. A lot of time for that?
2: The problem is that I feel like Australia did better in the first two tests when they were. Not being game plan. Yeah, by I suppose
1: him. don't mix it up. Just go either you. Yeah. You, you have this kind of yeah. Earth Mother thing going on where it's a collective yeah. thing. Yeah.
2: If you're gonna, if you're gonna, then rest back control for the real, the fucking big deciding game. Don't make your game plan be. Just chuck it about a bit, lads. I bet you
1: know who I think probably doesn't do that and ask his players what they think and come up with a plan. Steve Diamond.
0: You might hear the word insolvency and think companies, but insolvency is just another term to describe serious financial problems for anyone. You could be insolvent if you can't pay your bills in full when they're due, you're paying a little off each bill trying to keep creditors at bay, or you've had calls and letters about missed repayments and threats of repossession. The Insolvency Service of Ireland, or ISI, has four debt solutions to help people with all levels of problem debt, from credit cards to mortgages. For more information, visit backontrack.ie or free text GETHELP to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. Ah, Christmas, a time of caring, sharing, and compromises. Like deciding which presents make your list, or which in-laws you're going to for dinner. But with Unpus Mobile, there are no contracts, no bills, and no compromises. Just unlimited calls, texts, and a whopping 50 gigabytes of 4G data, with 99% population coverage. All for only €15 Euro a month, and you get the first month free when you switch. Switch to OnPost Mobile today and shop our range, including the Samsung A02S from £129.95 at onpost.com forward slash mobile or at your local post office. OnPost Mobile, for your world. €15 unlimited available for new customers. Fair usage policy applies. For terms and conditions, see onpost.com forward slash mobile.
1: He doesn't no. seem like, a, hey, lads, have you got an idea? No. Let's do this sort of thing. Steve is he?
2: very much of the kicking every ball from the sideline school of coaching, isn't yes. he? He would, he would have one million percent sub himself on if he could.
1: <laughs> what else have we got then?
2: What um, did I learn?
1: Argentina wants yeah. to play for their coach about as much as a slave labourer wants to make money for their master right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, if they had a game next week, they might be so bad they'd actually score negative points. <laughs> like, like they were crap in the first game against Wales. Yeah, they, they were really were, rough, yeah. They were worse in the second game. And I thought they bottomed out, but they were somehow even more abject. Like, it's a desperate... Like The fact that the two of the tries that they scored in that first the f- three tries in 15-minute thing in the first 15, which was just unbelievably bad um, it was literally Scotland ran the same move into the same fucking canyon sized hole between the centres that they, like, they did it once, fair enough to do it twice in 15 minutes uh, it's, it's pathetic genuinely the, it wasn't like, I, was, um, I was loving this, the
1: Stuart Hoggers second distributor thing he tell was, you some, what, he that was suddenly popping up <laughs> that's got legs isn't it? it looks brilliant but Against a defence that's just stood there going, meh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it works. But, you know, if you had somebody right, you know, rifling up in that 12 channel, I'm not sure it would work. But, having said that, he's had a go at it on this tour as the Townsend has I think, introduced it. Well, I think it'd it. be and interesting for to it. see how it... Him mixing that up between appearing in between the 13 and the, and the winger, and then sometimes appearing there, could be fucking deadly if they get well, it when working.
2: You think, when you think about it, like... One of the issues that Scotland had in the Six Nations this year was a couple of games where they just couldn't get him onto the ball enough. Mm. And so that, like using him less as that sort of strike runner, typical fullback sort of thing, and getting him more in there as a distributor and a second receiver sort of thing. Yeah, it's gotta be a good thing, surely. The more Stuart Hogg has his hands on the ball, like the yeah. better more tries Scotland are gonna score, surely. Um
1: and also, yeah. I, it's good for Scotland as well, because the pen mentioned it in that Twitter as well, that they have spent the summer demonstrating Adam Hastings can do a job. yeah. George Horn can do a job, so they're not quite as reliant on Greig and Ali Price. Yeah. Sam Hidalgo-Klein could end up having a good year at Sar- uh, Scarlet, so I won't put that past yeah. him either. So I think things are looking good.
2: Yeah, well, I think their future's in really good hands. When you look at you know, Hastings, Horn, Bradbury, Kinghorn, like... That's a crop of younger players who don't seem in any way phased about making the step up to test rugby. Like, particularly the way that Hastings and uh, Horn ran the show against Argentina was massively impressive. Mm. Like, I mean, Argentina's made it quite straightforward for them. But, like, you've, got, you've still got a fucking... They were superb. Some of the rugby they were playing was fucking borderline pornographic. It was absolutely phenomenal to watch it was just quite hard not to also at the same time get across with Argentina because they're a tier one fucking test nation. They have
1: completely given up. I mean, no card is yeah. going, isn't he? They know that. And yeah. that can either have a galvanizing effect of saying let's pull one last one out for the gipper sort yeah. of thing.
2: no. And, they then that, just and go, the response to that him. was, fuck him, fuck that guy, I don't care. <laughs>
0: but
2: it wasn't just like, the defense was bad. Like, looking at, I looked at their tackle completion stats and it wasn't even that bad. It was 79%. Which is still not good, don't get me wrong. But, like, it just shows that they just weren't, how many times Scotland were just waltzing through gaps without even an attempted tackle being made. They were just huge amounts of space running into it. Yes, please. But also, when they had the ball, Argent, like, the knock ons, the bad passes, the fluffed kicks, it was fucking grim, particularly in that first half. I think that's probably the worst I've ever seen Argentina be. In that first half, they got a bit better in the second, but against a, a Scottish team that was full of energy, full of intent, and you know, obviously they, you know, they lost against America, uh, USA, last week. It's they had a point to prove against that Argentina team, and Argentina were very happy to let them do that.
1: We're doing shit good later, but I have to mention this one because this was sent a bit early by Reese. Not <clears throat> hello, mate. Mm. Reese, he said, Nicolas Sanchez. Mm-hmm. In this, in this um series, in three tests, has made twelve tackles. In three yep. tests, missed eight. Fucking hellfire, missed <laughs> eight.
2: Tackles. And one of I mean, the, and one of those tackles ended with him trying to punch Ross Moriarty in the face. <laughs> if so, you're, if you're if you
1: have the fucking hard face audacity. To only attempt to make twelve tackles across three games. <laughs>
2: At least make them.
1: At least fucking actually make the tackles. To miss eight <laughs> of them then. That reminds I think I told you that before reminds me of when I, I went on a, an end of season nine aside rugby league tour and I was scrum half agreed to go back on but refute said I will not tackle anybody <laughs> if I go on because he just come off.
2: I mean, maybe that's what Sanchez you know, he's saying, Look, there's a World Cup next year. I want to keep myself fresh for it. I will play for the Pumas still, but I am absolutely not doing anything. He tackles. can look
1: so nice on his day, Sanchez, can't he? And then I other times he can just look complete last was like the whole team, really. But again, if yeah. he is if he's the pivot, then it is gonna be difficult, isn't it?
2: The thing that upsets me about this Argentina team is remember the last World Cup. Hmm. Remember that fucking glorious, free flowing, exciting rugby that they were playing. And now they genuinely don't look like they could fucking string three passes together.
1: And yet the Haguarez do. They're better than they've been for three years. And it's all the same people.
2: Yeah, it's almost, I think it's like the, I think it's something that actually a friend of the pod, Paul Williams, made in his rugby world column today. It was like, you know, they're trying to basically play super rugby at test level because they've been together for, you know, they're Mm. together at super rugby level. It sounded like a good idea on paper, but... In fact, they're just trying to play like they play every week. And there's no discernible, like, there's no sort of break. There's no different coach. There's no different environment. There's no different players around you. So they're just trying to do what they normally do. But that only works in Super Rugby. It doesn't work at test level because test level is a whole fucking other thing. And you can't bring that similar level of intensity and precision to, you know, to an, even an international get match against the second-string teams as they've been playing this summer. It just doesn't fucking work. What else have we learned? Well, uh, I'm, do you want to handle England now? or Can I just we... say
1: before we go on to England? Yeah.
2: I'll just say something about South Africa. Mm. Andre
1: Pollard can never get injured.
2: Never, ever. Ever. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a right... That every South African coach has to experience, apparently, and that is to sort of experience the Elton Yankees effect firsthand. Like, I i, mean, I was on uh, Brian Moore's radio show on Thursday evening and we were talking about the England game and he asked me who I thought would win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, and broadcast to about seven people. He asked me to the
1: go on this evening and I said no, because that's how fucking uh, I exactly. am. I definitely you wasn't stuck to... in work and pissed off. I couldn't go. <laughs>
2: Um, but he was basically like, "Oh, he thinks going will win then," and I said, "I think England, because South Africa have picked out the anti." And he went, "Yeah, me too, actually." <laughs> and it's like we all know this. He is one of, and it's exactly what happened because, of course, it did. He's one of the worst fly-offs I've ever seen at Test level. Like, the Isn't only it thing is, he's
1: classic one of those. He's not a bad player.
2: No, and he's yet, good, yeah. But like a succession of these South Africa coaches have had to learn that lesson. That we all know that he's a liability. Because when you look at him, he looks—it's a
1: classic moneyball thing. He looks like he should be—he's overvalued because he looks like he
2: should be much, much better. You can see him playing well for the Lions, as he genuinely does on on regular occurrences. And and all of these coaches, including Razi Erasmus, have gone now. Have gone. Nah, that other guy must have know what the fuck he was doing. I could make this guy an international fly-off. You fucking can't, mate. Nobody can. He has just got a brain that is as muddled as his haircut when he steps up in and puts a green jersey on. And he just... He can't do it, bless him. And it's painful to watch. And it was fucking unbelievably painful it to watch. It wasn't his kind of game or conditions, no, to be fair. Off but having path. said that,
1: it really isn't that hard to go, oh, it's raining...
2: I'm going to put I need to on. just yeah.
1: basically put the boot on it and not spin it every time, and yeah. maybe just take it easy. Yeah. Look, if Danny Cipriani people talk about can game management that, like it's fucking yeah. Fermat's Last Theorem, it really fucking isn't.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're not. They're not sending fucking coaching manuals to Bletchley Park to be fucking translated <laughs> here. It, it it's not is a literally...
1: fucking Enigma code. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> kick
2: the fucking ball. Yeah. <laughs> if Danny Cipriani can do that for eighty minutes, yeah, Danny that's... Cipriani. Can... <laughs> Who, who, let's face it, has a penchant for doing mad shit. And Cipriani
1: got the ball, I think, when you look at the stats. He only got the ball about eight times. He got it under ten yeah. times. And yes. you see, old Danny would have gone, oh, I've got to make something fucking work here now and sort yeah. of, and, and then do loads
2: of mad shit. No. But he just no, did what he had to year do. Old, and then, of course... 30-year-old Danny's gone, I'll just kick it, actually. <laughs> and, then, and everyone's gone, well done, Danny, well done. <laughs> Be England's first choice fly-off now. And it's... Yeah, it, he was just... Unbelievably awful, like and honestly if if he'd have brought Pollard on at half time, I think England would have lost that game, although to be honest with you, they might still have won because South Africa really didn't seem that bothered either like, well
1: they they gave a few um they switched it around a bit, obviously, we've already mentioned Yantes came in, you know oh, G- yeah Pallant came in in the rain.
2: Yeah, brilliant.
1: DeLandy yeah. went out. I can't remember who's injured or not. But you know, Roo's out. Chilly boy came in. I mean, Malcolm Marks they've got to come back in that team.
2: Yeah.
1: If that, if that, if that would have been played with Malcolm Marks in and Andre Pollard in, forget about yeah. it. It's almost yeah. like having Yantis in there like fucked up Dwayne Vermeulen's head as well. He didn't know what to do with it either. Well,
2: yeah, because he was just like, well, oh, fucking hell! If I pass it to this guy, what the fuck's gonna I don't Faf- know. <laughs> There's also I, FAF fuck-
1: plus Elton equals, you know. Yeah. yeah equals.
2: I think it might be the other one, actually. <laughs> Not in a good way, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was just, like, it felt, particularly at the closing stages, like, where they'd been so, like, good and intense and convicted and, you know, believing in themselves in the last 15, 20 in the first two tests, they were just kind of like, oh, well. Also,
1: do they never learn that you can't, you should never, ever, 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 ever Play Peter Steph Toy as a Seven.
3: Oh my God! Ever
1: no. never
2: do that again. Even in the
1: rain, it doesn't work. <laughs> no,
2: a... it it yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what England can take out of that as a game, really. Like, um, I it... can
1: t- well go on. Then you tell I could tell you what well, I think you should take out. But... You
2: take it's a against a second string team in some of the worst conditions you ever see. Aside from the fact, that... I think that...
1: second strings a bit strong, but yeah,
2: go okay, on. yeah, a weakened team then, All but right. like. Aside from, oh, you can win a test match when you don't have to worry about getting exposed out wide and when the conditions are that bad so you can throw a load of bodies at the breakdown and get on top and then win a test match. Well done. Because that was kind of the big difference. For In me a way, it,
1: it, it, go
2: they, they, they actually competed well at the breakdown and they got numbers to the breakdown, which they haven't. But nobody gets numbers to the breakdown anymore because now you'll get fucked. Out wide in most conditions, and well, so it was a bit of a weird throwback game which suited them down to the ground. Stop
1: giving shitloads of penalties away.
2: That and was I'll true. I take
1: that, frankly. Um, what's interesting is the first two tests we did all this chucking about, chucking about, chucking about, and then oh shit, what we're supposed to do now. We've actually gone back to your point. We've actually winning. All right, yeah, all right. You can't maybe get away with consistently committing that many people to the breakdown, but actually. That's what the conditions required. They play the conditions. They got back to what they were good at and were winning the fucking ball. So that's actually I'm quite pleased with that. There's still a huge issue that who's actually come out of this tour in credit?
2: Well, Tom Curry.
1: Tom Curry has.
2: Yeah. um, He might might not even be the future. I'm not entirely convinced about him as an international seven, but fucking hell, you might as well stick with him now. I absolutely agree. We're a year out from the World Cup. Like, I think it, Nathan Hughes
1: transformed. Teresa transformed into some kind of weakling.
2: Yes, who can get fucking ragged oh, old oh, wife? Was after wasn't it? it was glorious stuff. I mean, not if you're an England fan, but fucking hell, that was unbelievable. But, Rob yeah, Shaw
1: looked better. Rob Shaw he looked did look better, better. Something like himself, which was good. Which was good. Um, and also, I'm just and I'm not a big fan of a Windsor a win, right? I really am not. Hmm. But I don't mind saying it in this situation because. It's a fucking long time till we play again.
2: Yeah, and I didn't fancy.
1: I didn't fancy the summer being dominated by this kind of news cycle. Seven on the bounce.
2: I just didn't fancy that, and I don't think that would have been good
1: for the team or good for the for anybody. So actually, I do think there's something about you had to fucking win that game.
2: Absolutely, yeah, and it it was
1: away, and it is the first time they've won in eighteen. I don't know why I'm saying that. I'm annoying myself just by saying that because that I haven't won for 18 years thing is so lacking in context, it fucks me yeah, right it's off. it's
2: absolute nonsense, but yeah. If yeah, anyone yeah, saw is. my
1: Twitter rant about it, then you'll know what I'm talking <laughs> about. But.
2: but it's completely, yeah, the monkey needed desperately to be, it's, you know, it was a game that mattered much more for England than it did for South Africa. Absolutely. But but Jimmy- South Africa did what they did. They won the series and they get to play the rugby championship in like a month's time. Yeah, like, as you say, if England lose that game, they have to go all the way through to November with that hanging season, over them. Do the EPS yeah. squad? All of that's yeah. going to be done. All right? of that stuff. I mean, there's still a chance that all that might rear its fucking ugly head again. But you can at least go fuck you up. You know, he looked like the cat who'd got the cream at the end of that game.
1: I suppose, if anything, you you, you talk about, you know, you, you can only say we're learning from losses, but you do learn something from them. What you do learn is, is that. You know, Mike Brown isn't a total disaster on the wing. And if you were completely desperate, then you yeah. could do something
2: of a if job you, for you out there. If you have to crowbar him into your team somewhere, <laughs> which you maybe. he clearly which has to do. You do, it won't be a disaster. Maybe, it's not exactly it inspiring.
1: Uh, no. Elliot Daly does all right at 15. We st- yeah. We've got a serious problem at 13. And we're probably going to, back to go back to JJ, is all I can think of. Yeah. Because if you're not he doesn't fancy Daly there, Slade's yeah. done nothing to warrant. Slade
2: basically, I mean,
1: it's we just not going to happen talk, for him. I don't think he's going to talk
2: about it. In, I was going to talk about it in shit, but honestly, as he ended his international career, because he's had three tests on the bounce now to look like an international thirteen. He's still
1: quite young. Who knows? But it just sometimes it just doesn't go for people, and it's just not no. going for him. And you know, and Eddie's not—he's not, he's not go, no problem with dispatching somebody forever. You think about Luther Burrell; no. it was fucking all oh, yeah. over for him very
2: quickly. Yeah and basically decided he was never going to fucking play for England again after about 10 minutes which <laughs> is harsh but I mean the, pro- the thing that I I would say must be frustrating from an England fan and probably from an England coach perspective is that like every question going into the tour is still there like every question that you went into that tour thinking we need to answer these questions you and know what people always
1: compare to the All Blacks yeah I think from a Northern Ireland we have to compare everything to Ireland now and if you look at Ireland's squad yeah. And then, you know they aren't recognized superstars in Ireland squad a lot of them. No. But you know it and a bit and Wales as well, Tony. You made the point last week about Wales that you know, if the World Cup was in six months' time and you lost a player, you know, six players one in each of six positions, you'd yeah. go, All right, that's a pain in the arse, but at least I know what's coming through.
2: Yeah. At least I've heard of this person. We don't you know.
1: really have that.
2: No. You know, we don't really
1: have we haven't even got a first fifteen where we can say that's nailed on.
2: No. And it's 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 all the the questions that you went out there asking, you know, like who plays thirteen, for example, still up in the air, yeah. no idea who can replace Dylan ob- Hartley.
1: Yeah, look like Jamie no George. And having said that, That's, he's probably he played solidly well. for he's played solidly for two years, David. That's the sort of thing. I think it's yeah, hard to draw bad, conclusions bad at the end of this season, really.
2: Yeah, he's had a bad sort of second half of the season with England, but he was ex. You know, he was a fucking lion this time last year. Because Almost. I've
1: got no truck with the island or their rest players. The fact is they do, so they will be fresher now than England's players. I don't mm. blame the Pro 14 or anything for that, because England make choices. But you can't yeah. change the fact that England's players have played probably solidly yeah. for two years
2: a lot. There's absolutely no point in whining and whinging about it. Oh no, not at all. But it, it is what it yeah. is. Still, yeah, it is because you it could is. do something yeah. about it, but
1: yeah, they'll still be tired. You can't yeah. change that. Yeah. So the
2: facts are the facts. There's no point in sort of constantly pointing out it, as you say. It, it is what it is. But um, yeah. You know, who plays a cupola? What's the back row? You know, what is England's best back row? I, I level you. I ain't got a fucking clue.
1: I don't have a clue. I think they're gonna have to bring it. Nope. They're gonna have to again. I, your point you stick with Tom Curry. Yeah. You know, I mean the number eight. I mean, but it's Billy. It's Billy. It's Tom Curry. Yeah. Six. Fucking hell. Rob Shaw probably at the minute. Shaw.
2: Sure, Shields. Shield, well, we don't the other, know, do we? The other, cur- the other curry. The
1: other. You know, Sam Simmons is the next number eight off the rank, and he's looked completely. He looks a bit too light to me. Yeah, athletic and big. all that. Maybe may be decent off the bench, but
2: well, it's like he's playing eight for X for X, but he. Looks more like build wise, he looks more like a seven internationally. He hates you know. Don
1: Armand, so that's all over.
2: Hates Don Armand with a fucking. I don't hash- love Don Armand that much, to be honest. But <laughs> No. No, but that's the I other think it's mad he's not
1: in the squad, because that's mad. But I don't, I'm, I'm not one of those where he'd walk straight in and he'd be fucking amazing either.
2: Yeah. Well, that's the thing, though. He
1: went missing the... in the, ex- the, the semi final for Exeter, didn't he? Yeah. He went missing in the final, so he went missing.
2: And, like, there's so many opportunities. Like, I. I imagine that the plan for this tour in the same way that Scotland and Wales had their plan and Ireland to a lesser extent had the plan for this tour was, you know, go down there, win the test series and blood some people. Try some stuff out in that third test, the dead, you know, win two one or win, you know, get to two nil and then or and blood some people, you know, but it's, it's just got so desperate that like things have not panned out that way at all, you know? We haven't seen one second of Jason Woodward. We haven't seen yeah. one second of Dan Robson. We haven't seen one second of Denny Solomona, really. We haven't seen the second of Alex Lazowski. We haven't seen a second of I mean did I mean who got who got on off that all Exeter bench on the weekend? Fucking hardly anybody. You know, it's like all we're a year out from the World Cup, and this was like the moment where he needed to be doing what Ireland, Scotland, and Wales were doing, and looking at depth in a proper serious way. He couldn't do because he lost so much. He, he the had thing. to win. He lost so much. He had to yeah, because he had to win the Test Series. And there is something when they went...
1: about that constant performance anxiety because you're supposed to win. And he, he's built his own baggage with that big, long winning. He has a about. little bit, hasn't
2: like, he? Yeah, when you think I about mean, it. I mean, you wouldn't say like... you
1: shouldn't have done that, but that's the way it's panned out. Unintended consequences and
2: all that. Yeah. And, and now we're in a state where I, I honestly don't know who England's best 15 is. I probably can only name you about half the team that I'm sure are 100% first choice.
1: Mike Brown in any position he wants.
2: Obviously, yeah.
1: Uh, Owen Farrell.
2: Owen Farrell at 12. Ben yeah. Youngs. Ben Youngs, yeah.
1: Johnny May probably now.
2: Johnny May now, yeah.
1: Billy if fit. Billy of fit. Mako if fit.
2: Mako if fit. It's
1: Odgy. Dylan Hartley.
2: Maybe Dylan Hartley, I think yeah. You're
1: just, well, there's nothing yeah. that shows you... They're missing a bit... Believe it or not, they, lost, they missed a bit of leadership, I think.
2: They are that's what he gives the first yeah. hour, I think. But other than that, that's... No, you know, I
1: mean, you would have said Ford, wouldn't you? He? But he's obviously changed yeah. his mind about that.
2: Yeah. And, you you know, a t- you would have said, you know, the tight head was was Cole. nailed down with Cole at one point. But God knows now. I mean, to be honest with you, Mako's been excellent this season. Hmm. But I'll tell you what, that scrum didn't look... Hell, it looked a hell of a lot more solid and a lot more of a fucking weapon.
1: Marler had a cracking game. With,
2: with Marler. I
1: like Joe st- Marler. I think he's a laugh.
2: <laughs> Aside from the racism.
1: <laughs> well, that was ridiculous, and he he apologized yeah. for that, and he took it. I wasn't really that bothered about. I think he I think he accepted he'd done something wrong. It was the rugby re, rea- world's reaction yes, to it. That pissed lab me lab off. That did make it so much. I think worse, he genuinely went, "Look, I didn't fucking mean it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't realize." Sort of thing. Yeah. Um. But I think he's a laugh. He's got on Twitter and stuff, and um, and actually, of the positions that I'm worried about that ain't one of them because you've got, you got, got no two problem, quality no players. No problem so.
2: whatsoever. And they've got loads of good locks, but none of them seem to be able to play together with any kind of consistency.
1: I think there's a kind of fucking hard reset, to be honest. I think there is a kind of. Let's just. Because we that's, this is the thing about the reset thing. They've won that game and that's good. They can kind of reset now and go, let's fucking go again in the autumn. Because what yeah. other choice have we got? Because at the minute, it just feels like nothing but a constant malaise. And people can say it's because we're being too negative about it, and we're not giving them a chance, and we're you know we're looking for stuff that's wrong. But the fact is, is that these things have been around for about twelve months. It came mm. off the back of the Lions. Was the time to get it sorted? I don't know. Maybe over the summer, Eddie might have a fucking think about what he's doing about beasting them in training all the time. Get some new yeah. coaches on board, and we kind of hard set for it from the autumn because what have we got? Seven games. Between yeah. now and the World Cup, maybe with them Terri- stupid warm ups and nobody cares about.
2: It's fucking terrifying, isn't it?
1: So, and, and you think you've probably got seven games. You've probably got about that. You've got the Six Nations together. You've got a couple of those squad weekends. Yeah, and beyond beyond that, what is there? Unbelievable.
2: Well, exactly. It's like you know. I'd much
1: Irish the... or Scottish with only seven yeah. games left now. At least two
2: way. of those weekends are going to be playing, you know, judo or going skydiving over some
1: British know, hot, bulldog. Or,
2: yeah, bungee jumping Battle into ni- yeah, bungee jumping into some knives or something. I don't know, whatever the latest Eddie high intensity training Today thing is. Today we're
1: gonna be doing the Hunger games. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I want thirty percent I want
1: thirty percent of the squad dead before the end of the day.
2: Yeah, fuck off and my, the odds are you ever in your fibre.
1: <laughs> oh, dear.
2: Uh, yes, this is why I don't do the accents usually. Uh, so, uh, away from England. Who'd
1: win an England Hunger Games, actually? <laughs> oh. i fancy Mike Brown, you know. He'd do all kinds of horrible I, shit to He win, would be, he?
2: He? Would, he would do what t- it takes to survive. That is Mike Brown's... Johnny May be
1: killed by his own team in the first 20 yeah,
2: minutes. Literally 15 minutes. Um <laughs> I don't fancy George Ford to last for what, that long. Um,
1: Chris Robshaw die heroic death
2: with his fist Yeah, in the air. He'd, sa- he'd sacrifice himself. For he everybody would sacrifice else, himself, even, even though be. that wasn't the game. <laughs> <laughs> Chris,
1: Chris, oh, he's oh, dead now, never we mind. Up, well, at <laughs> oh, well, least you see. can eat him.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, right. So, did you learn anything yeah. else apart from England um, rugby Games? I learned that Prime Ministers. I feel a regular stay.
1: feature coming on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I learned, learned
2: prime ministers should stay the fuck out of rugby. Um, Samoa are, are in a bad place right now, rugby-wise. Right, right. ten-game losing streak, no less. But probably what doesn't help you turn that around as a squad is if your prime minister publicly comes out on telly and says you've got no guts and that you should all quit if you don't beat Germany in the upcoming World <laughs> rugby, uh, rugby World Cup playoff. That's proper motivational stuff. And you know what's even worse than that, though? Then he goes around and gives Germany, who are their op- opponents in the Rugby World Cup playoff thing that's happening next month, uh, or this month, in fact, actually, he's uh, given them a shitload of bulletin board material by saying that Germany have no knowledge whatsoever of how to play rugby. <laughs> so, fuck it up, mate. Wind your neck in.
1: That reminds me of the uh, that clip I put on Twitter the weekend. I'll play it now. It's one of my favourite things ever. It's from any. It's, it's from... Another bloody Sunday, a nineteen eighty documentary about Doncaster Rugby League.
2: I can't imagine why I haven't watched that.
1: Hey, never mind, all <laughs> that. I can't find it now. I don't know. Can you believe it?
2: I can, I actually can believe it. Yeah. Oh, I found it. Please.
1: This is Jeff Fletcher, the player coach. Play prop forward and player coach of Heighton Rugby League. They didn't last very long. They were trying to expand to Liverpool a bit. This is him giving his inspirational pre-match talk to the lads of Heighton. Yes. Because Doncaster haven't won a game all season now that they've so It was a crunch
3: game. Now, nah, but get them deep, because we're not deep enough. Anyone that's come here today who thinks we've come to lose, just tell me now, we've got lads here who are going in for your place. Anyone. If you don't want to go out there. I don't want to say you've got a cold, you've got a bad head, <laughs> you've got a bad foot after. Tell me now, and we can alter it if you're going on that field today i want you to go on to win anyone who's come here today thinking they're gonna lose is not worth trying because don't think these are a bad outfit <laughs> featherstone were 10-0 at half time here last week and they were a the top side and some of you have got to prove a point this week a good point we've got to get in and get stuck in amongst them and there's only one thing what wins these games that's tackling anybody who's not willing to tackle shouldn't be on the field you've got to tackle go going like a lunatic and knock them down I don't want you pumping him in front of this spencer, you know what he is? <laughs> he looks after the soccer club! <laughs> like a big Muriel, if you're gonna hear him! You're going to, I want him knocking down and pulling the ground right away! And really knocking him down!
2: <laughs> he became weirdly Irish. He got more <laughs> That's animated.
1: a St Helen's accent.
2: He started off very Yorkshire, and then the more animated he got, <laughs> the more... He got a little bit like this, you know. You're gonna go ahead and knock him down like a lunatic!
1: I love it. You're all shit. And if you don't want to play, you can fuck off. But if you're going to come on, you have to tattle and tattle and tattle.
2: <laughs> yeah, so um, a little bit more of that, a little bit less uh, <laughs> yeah. massively. Uh, and the other thing, the last thing I learned is Nigel agrees with me about how rugby needs to change the TMO use. Does he? Yes, in his Wales Online call, It's incredibly tedious Wales <laughs> Online column that he does every week. Um, that he definitely basically- writes. He definitely writes and doesn't read down the phone to some <laughs> poor fucking journalist. Um, he basically said, reflecting on the Football World Cup's VAR stuff, was basically saying that he thought that rugby should follow football's lead and make a ref make a decision and then only intervene if there's clear and obvious mistake. Fucking do it, World And then make him watch
1: the replay on the side yeah. of the pitch.
2: Yeah, do it. Make it like your best and most high-profile ref is saying it. Just fucking do it. The
1: well, end. Also, I'm all for video refs in full kit. Uh-huh. Full kit wankers in the booth. Imagine oh, the full absolutely. kit wanker, George Ayub with his hat on.
2: Oh, with well, his Full hat kit. On. He, was and at, hat. he was at it again this weekend, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Why do dodgy fucking TMO decisions follow George Ayub around like a expensively coiffured trilby? That's what I want to know. Beautiful. That guy seems to just.
1: Like, Johnny attract- hates
2: jazz. He just seems to attract controversy, doesn't he? It's almost like he's bad at his job. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. Did you
1: learn anything else or are we done?
2: I think we're probably done, aren't we? We are
1: done, aren't we? So there you go. Shit yeah. good now. Then, we got, then, yeah. then, then we're all over. I've had,
2: I've had 29 Twitter notifications since we started. So I think people have been getting...
1: Getting involved. So, yes. Getting amongst them like a lunatic,
2: as uh, oh, George yes. Jeff
1: Fletcher would say.
2: He's put us in the ground.
1: You've got to knock them down.
2: <laughs> um should we start with shit or good shit yeah um shit for me jacob stockdale i haven't had that say that many times in his profession it had to happen maybe. at some
1: point you can't he you had know, a he had history to of totals there isn't ever such thing as yeah. an endlessly upward
2: trajectory it doesn't happen. unless you ja- unless you're james ryan obviously but that'll,
1: that'll yeah. end at some point <laughs> that'll end at some point we'll
2: may. see we'll see um, but yeah, Stockdale got binned, uh, went missing on defence a couple of times, particularly for the Australia try, and generally just looked a bit tired and a bit wild out there. Um, yeah, and he had, had to have a rough one at some point, and his team still won, so I imagine he doesn't give a fuck. He's on holiday somewhere now, so...
1: Loving it. Tyg Burn had a tweet saying that, didn't he? I'm off on my fucking holidays now. was it 36 weeks, 50 games? 50 games, I'm off on my holidays.
2: Yeah, he fucking earned it, sunshine.
1: Uh, t- TAO Whiteboard got in touch on Twitter, at Blood and Mud, and he said, shit, Alan Quinlan's commentary in general is dyspeptic-biased mash, but the fact he felt the need to observe that Checker's Lebanese blood was behind his remonstrations in the coasting box is deserving of particular scorn. Yeah, oh, it's funny that, because people said, oh, don't they, his fun. Latin temperament and all that, like they said like you know, he's, he did say his Lebanese blood is causing him to be, because all Lebanese people are angry.
2: Yeah. Obviously. That's that's weird and racist. Speaking yeah. of weird, it's amazing think...
1: he's not eating a falafel. Look at him, the well, Lebanese bastard.
2: Well, if it, it, a, a proof that weirdly racist sports commentary isn't just the preserve of oh the and hemisphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: Phil Russia. fucking
2: Kearns, with his bloody like, given everything that's happened in Australia, did he literally race?
1: say "fiddle dee dee, fiddle, fiddle dee, dee, dee dee"? Potato.
2: Potato is exactly. He what literally he said. said that. Like, just fucking hell, Phil. Seriously. Given everything that's happened in Australian rugby over the last few months, Ray fucking intolerance and people holding backward views. Really? Potato jokes now? Wasn't even a joke. It was just a weird tick.
1: I've said this, though, before. My uncle, who's a lecturer, went to Sydney to do something. And I said, is it as good as everybody said? He said, no, it's like Wigan in the 70s, but it's dead hot. (laughs) I said, what do you mean? He said, well, everyone's watching rugby league eating pies drinking beer, but it's boiling. And basically, <laughs> Phil Kerr's did like a ridiculously 70s joke there as well, didn't he? It's yeah. just more evidence that Australia is basically like Wigan in the 70s.
2: Yeah, except with better hair with respect to uh, I disagree, Michael Michael <laughs> Hooper and his beautifully flowing locks. Um, yeah, it's just a genuinely baffling one that. I didn't we got understand it. Alex Cohen uh,
1: got in touch on Twitter. He said, shit was Jamie George. Disappointing this summer. Hasn't really yeah. taken his chance.
2: Correct. No, he hasn't. Yeah. What else have we got? Uh, shit? Uh, shit for me, Lima Sopoaga. <laughs> Mate.
1: <laughs> Somebody said, didn't they, he could sit next to Gareth your, uh, he absolutely
2: who's in could. the
1: clubhouse conspiracy theorist.
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, WAS fans have had enough of a shit summer watching their <laughs> recently departed 10 Finally, get back in the England team and do a very good job. Don't rub it in by demonstrating that his replacement is a fucking head case and a 9 11 truther. Like, I mean, although I must say, I was amused that more people seemed to be annoyed that in the tweet before he had uh, opined that maybe the British government might have better spent all that Royal Wedding security cash on helping the Grenfell victims. Uh, it's as opposed to the Mads nine eleven conspiracy one because apparently the Venn diagram of English rugby fans and rabid royalists is about as near a damn <laughs> it a circle as you ever could be. Fucking surprise me! <laughs> yeah. yeah, massively shocked by that. It's a also tiny like little... Lima.
1: Seriously, just honestly, just go on YouTube and put in "How did the Twin Towers fall down?" There's yeah, loads yeah. and loads and loads of explanations yeah. as to why yes. the heat caused it to collapse.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's really obvious. And it's <laughs> It's really... also with
1: warping steel and weakening of joints and the construction meaning it just goes down like a fucking domino once it yeah. went.
2: I can understand. Like Esopperwaga comes across really well on that terrible All Blacks documentary on Amazon Prime. But mate
1: I've only just... watched two episodes come get beyond episode two. It was too boring.
2: Oh, rubbish. Too boring. Really. Um but yeah. It's just a bit a great way to sort of endear yourself to your future fans and employers, I feel. Uh good shit. work.
1: D Clark got in touch on Twitter. He said shit was Yanchi's performance, which is only matched by his diabolical haircut. Is Correct. there a shitter set of haircuts than the spring box?
2: Yes, Exeter. Yeah, hundred percent. End of easy. discussion. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Absolutely. Inner heart. Seriously, have
1: you not been listening? Or looking?
2: Yeah. Um shit for me was Leonardo Senatore. Uh played his 50th cap on saturday night and was arguably the worst player on the park which is saying a lot. Um he just didn't seem to give a fuck that he was like shitting in the bed on what should have been like a momentous night in his career. It was really weird. He just kept like having feet for hands and just being rubbish. And it was like mate, just just fucking just try. Just look like you're bothered. They're There's not supposed bothered. to be a- monumentally it's supposed, it supposed to be a big night for him he Your probably 50 did try of, for the you know? first
1: five minutes went oh, <clears> oh fucking oh, hell fuck
2: it yeah not bothered just not worth it uh, yes put a
1: madre and then gave up
2: exactly that, that, were you on the touchline that sounds exactly <laughs> like what happened yeah
1: what else have we got that shit anything
2: uh, not, not for lots me lots people What's saying the... Lacey yes obviously um,
1: Argentina Sport, you know? yeah fair enough yeah
2: yeah. Um,
1: I, I think I can only say this has really worked this live. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, interestingly, once something that I think I said last week, in fact, uh, but has come in from uh, from Colin McBride. Uh, Bernard Foley, without Will here at nine.
1: True.
2: Um, he amusingly says, ignoring the fact that he has a name like a retiree who hates his wife and spends far too much time on his allotment. He offers no control, and there's no other option at ten. So uh, yeah,
1: RG got yeah. in touch on Twitter and he said, "Shit his Falau getting a yellow card for contesting in the air was undeserved." Yeah, I
2: think you know. Yeah, it was a weird one that. He said, "Good really is
1: Ross bit... Ross Moriarty and his mates practicing chokehold on each other on his Instagram story." <laughs> He's such a nobody.
2: He does not give a single solid. He has no fucks left to give. That man, I. Delighted I by. I like him.
1: how he's deliberately just not even asked about whether he's popular or anybody likes him. I no, think that's what's referring... like... in this social media world. He is just like fuck off, you are all yeah. a set of bastards, don't and care. I don't care.
2: Do not care. Yeah. Have um, you right got any, any more shit for me? to I good? think that's 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 me done for shit. Should we talk? Good.
1: Good. I've got Magnus Bradbury.
2: Yes, the Scottish but, who like,
1: remember when he uh, came to, me I was like, Ooh, he looks quite good. And then yeah. he, he, I think he got injured. And then he's, he's back now, and it's like, ooh, I remember him. He oh, looks quite good. He looks good.
2: Yeah. yeah. Also, it, it, in the back row stakes, Fraser Brown, hooker playing at open side. It's not totally unheard of, but it still takes a lot to do that at test level and do it very well. And and he acquitted himself. Uh, he's like a pound shot Dave him. Ward. He is exactly that, yeah. Uh, yeah, played really well, I thought.
1: But that's what I think was good. Stephen Kitschoff. Yes. The rampaging ginger nightmare. I
2: fucking love him. Just <laughs> Isn't he, he just... glorious? Yes. He's sort of like a uh, a slight, dare I say it, a slightly more effective Samson Lee. He's like ginger and angry and looks like a giant baby, but he doesn't seem to get injured all the time and he's a fucking monstrous scrummage. He's also
1: continuing that lovely sort of trend of South Africans having front rowers that look like, Sort of like they could be related to Biff, yeah, from Back 100%, to the Future.
2: Hundred percent, yeah.
1: Adrian Strauss, now him,
2: yeah. The the tannin blood runs strong in <laughs> South Africa.
1: <laughs> well, what else have we got? That's good then.
2: Johnny Sexton. Yeah. Remember when he was like brilliant, but occasionally a bit of an unreliable goal kicker? That feels oh, a long yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> that feels that feels like that a long time it. ago, doesn't it? He was pumped
1: uh, when he kicked that, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, he loved it. Um, he's the most. Like well-rounded 10 on the planet and if Ireland do win a World Cup next year which is not beyond the realms uh, it will almost certainly be massively down to him
1: did you see Johnny May celebrating that
2: penalty by the way I thought it was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life however Johnny May undoubtedly now is effectively just England's best player
1: he should be captain because I want to hear him on ref mic a lot (laughs) <laughs> Can you imagine the comedy levels? It'd be glorious.
2: Remember when he offered, He was trying to sort out North Korea? Oh, yeah. Yeah, more of that shit. Do you remember Mass- when
1: I wrote a song about
2: it? I do actually remember, yeah. You still got it on file.
1: I might still have it on file.
2: Oh, well then. I mean, yeah, it's fucking weird to basically be like, oh, well, Johnny Mays England's best, most consistent, the most composed player. But, I mean, here we are. It's it's weird, but it's, it's true.
1: Just, anybody else cheering like that at a penalty? I would I would despise, but in a way, there's such a lack of side and malice to him that I can't. <laughs> you know, when other people do, you think, "Oh, you've been a right shit out there with him." It's just it's just this outpouring of he can't. He's like it's like he's, he's just got, like a he's like he's an like autistic a kid child there. or something. you know yeah. what I mean? It's kind of <laughs> he just he just got, he just. I like how he's got no my sister right my sister in law. He's blind he's got a mild learning disability and she's got a friend who's blind and they went to Harrods once and they were trying on all the 50 grand mink coats in Harrods because they've got none of that of our social anxiety. You know, if yep. we went within four foot of it, we'd go, don't touch that. Move away from it. They were like, oh, let's try this on. Let's try this on. And, and Johnny May kind of reminds me of that. There's yeah. none of the kind of anxieties with him. He is just like, yes. Oh, this he's, is brilliant.
2: Yeah. He plays rugby like a border collie running through a field. <laughs> You know, it's yeah, like... Tongue hanging it's all, out. But, yeah, tongue hanging around. out the side of his mouth. Just really excited about everything. Brilliant. God bless him. Just
1: keep him within 10 metres of the touchline and everyone's Absolutely. fucking gone.
2: Fucking hell, don't play him at full-back. That's good Wesley Fofana. Honestly.
1: Oh, yeah, he's was back, wasn't he? Yeah. And immediately and again looked and glorious.
2: He like, looked like the best 12 in the world. Oh, <laughs> Like, he's everything. He's big, he's quick, he's got good feet, he passes well off both hands.
1: Ugh. It's not like the beginning of a chat now. He's big, he's quick. he's quick.
2: He's got good feet. He, he loses a little bit of a meter <laughs> at the end. But, uh... Doesn't quite scan, no. no. But, ah, uh, I fucking love that guy. I will always love that guy. And France look about 10 million times more of a team with him at 12, Kelsa-Prize. Even though they... they've lost
1: three games, Yeah. I think they can point to some improvement, France. Yeah.
2: This well, they've been, they've been competitive and they've given the All Blacks a good go for, what, like 160 and that, minutes? That monstrous pack looks tests?
1: like it's developing nicely. Yeah, developing it's, it's, nicely. Come,
2: it's, it's simmering into uh, eight people that you will not want to come up against at any point. When they drop Jalabar
1: in, at, uh, then at 10.
2: Yeah. Oh, Imagine Jalabar at 10 for Fana at 12. Lamarat at
1: 13, cause I like it. Lamarat him.
2: at 13, yeah. They've got a nice balance, those two. Stick Baptiste Saran or the to prick himself.
1: Para Or Depont, if he fancies DuPont. turning up as well. Yeah. It's all. Good any, choices.
2: Any of those three guys, all absolute dickheads in their own wonderful, glorious ways.
1: Teddy Toma on the wing. Nice. Teddy
2: Tomah. And Tower, re- Yeah, Vaca Tower or Fal on the other one. Not Gail
1: Fiku, That shouldn't continue.
2: No, no, Fiku the shouldn't... winger
1: should ah. never, should not be a thing.
2: Well, is remember when they started playing Wesley for Fana on the wing all the fucking time? And it was like, stop it, that, you was monsters. Was at the
1: back end of the Andre period? It was, wasn't it? It
2: was, but also it happened under his, his successors as well. So it's just, yeah, you <laughs> monsters. You G- blew it knows. all up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Looked like he should have been drinking out of a brown <laughs> paper bag the whole time.
2: <laughs> he probably would have done better if he had. Uh, that explains yes, it, so, yeah. Uh, Other good for me, my final good actually, uh, is George Horn. Because given that nobody else seems to really want to wrest that number nine jersey from formerly Glacial Gregg, I've got a funny feeling that the other Horn lad might find himself moving up the peck in order at a rate of knots Hmm. on basis of his performance on the weekend. Dynamic, smart, he runs a bloody good support line. Uh he's basically everything. He was Scotland. playing
1: against like the rugby equivalent of standing stones though, wasn't he? So I suppose you've got to tempt that. Undoubtedly or...
2: was. You have, yeah. And the and the big question is, does he now know how to stop Finn Russell from fucking having one in the way that Glacial yeah. Greg does? Can he learn? Because that's the main reason, you know, as much as Greg has improved his discipline the main reason for keeping him is that he is basically Finn Russell's handler in a sort of, you know, T Rex with one of those sort of like poles on a string kind of way. Um, but if you could do that, fucking start the lad. He looks absolutely box office.
1: Uh, who else got in touch? Well, Bruce McConaughey got in touch on Twitter. Hello, Bruce. He said, mm. good is Ireland's 2017-18 season. I don't think I can remember a Northern Hemisphere team being so dominant while still having quality waiting to come on in the wings. So you've got Grand Slam, Six Nations title, Pro 14, Champions Cup, Series winning Australia, all at a relative canter. I it's can't not bad. it's not bad. I remember England's <laughs> England beat everybody in the world in the run up to
2: the World Cup, yeah.
1: The World Cup. That was pretty good and got to number one in the world. And I think that probably suggests that they were slightly more dominant than Ireland internationally have been. Yeah. And you can't argue with their domestic stuff as well, if you layer that on top. But I think if Ireland can somehow beat every if they can beat New Zealand away, then I would say yes
2: yeah it's 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 the one thing that ev you know it's the one but mm. for Ireland's excellence at the moment is
1: which is not to deny they are excellent,
2: yeah, and that they haven't beaten the all blacks you know in the last couple of years they have but the fact but, is England got to know more in the world, so, yeah
1: yes i yeah, do no, that so yeah
2: of. do that next um uh Sultan of Sentiment uh, at Fecking Water on Twitter uh, says, good James Ryan yet again. Oh,
1: I know.
2: Yeah, I know. It's boring, isn't it? Three tests played. Played every single minute of all those three tests. Uh, he made 40 tackles, missed none, made the most offload, conceded no penalties. Uh, and it's still his debut season. Of course, he'll, be,
1: he'll be returning to his home planet now.
2: Yeah. For the summer. <laughs> He's... He's basically, he's shown us all how to play the great game of rugby and he will be returning <laughs> to Krypton. I must where... now
1: return to Alpha Centauri. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um,
1: uh... What else have we got that's good? Anything? Good, 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 good. Oh, this is good radio, this, isn't it? This is
2: quality radio. D-Clacks is good,
1: as Dave Denton. He seems to build himself back up to the heights of the 2015 <laughs> Rugby World Cup. Steady on. Steady on now. Uh, Colin McBride said he was good as well. It was a good game, but again.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, interesting. Uh, Lauren Super said, good, looking forward to hearing Josh find a cloud to Wales' silver lining. Um, I don't need to do that because Wales Online were busy doing that for me this week by saying, oh, does the fact that Scotland beat Argentina by more than we did somehow devalue <laughs> our achievement? It's like, fuck off, you miserable bastards. <laughs> Bloody hell. Everyone can fucking... It, oh, it's just so boring. Yeah.
1: I like this one. Finished. I'm going back to shit for a minute, but Ben mm. got in touch on Twitter, at Ben C. Russell. Hello, Ben. And he said, my shit this week is the handing out of unnecessary cups after rugby games. I'm fucking oh, with you fucking a million percent. Shit. Especially when they're named after some horrible sponsor. But um, why does Scotland and Argentina need to be the ICBC Cup?
2: Afterwards. The worst, the worst part of that was, and it was uh uh some of uh, who was it? Fun on the shore on uh, on Twitter pointed yeah. it out. The ICBC Cup, Wales were playing for the ICBC Cup in the first two tests, and then Scotland were also playing for the ICBC Cup. Wales won that fucking thing fair and square last week. And then we just get it ripped away from us <laughs> and given to Scotland without so much as a buy-your-leave or a chance to defend it. That's not so, how trophies so yes, work.
1: It, Josh does not agree with these shitty trophies, but if you're going to have them, then Wales fucking won it last week.
2: Well,
0: fucking
2: hell, just make a difference. Make it like the ICBC, you know, trophy. Bowl, yeah, fuck it. Or the 2.0. I don't care. You can't just give out the same trophy two weeks on a run like,
1: uh, oh. Ben finishes with why does Scotland Argentina need the ICBC Cup afterwards just keep the Calcutta and Bledisloe Cups and bin the shit house ones
2: yes the shithouse 100%. cups I like that Ben I, I fucking hate the way that every fucking and to be honest with you I'm, I'm quite proud of Wales for not indulging in this shit that often these days there aren't many cups that Wales play for But fucking Ireland and Scotland and Italy and France have a fucking cup for every fucking game they play. In the Six Nations, they're playing for the Giuseppe Garibaldi trophy or whatever. Fuck off the millennium... The the Toto Scalacci plate. You look look at the Six Nations Wikipedia page and look at all the trophies that competed for in it. It's ridiculous. It's silly.
1: The Mauro Bergamasco Scrum Half (laughs)
2: Shield. Now that's a trophy I can get behind. I think that might be us. I think it is. That's us, not just for the week. But for the entire
1: season of regular pods.
2: Yeah. This is us now. This is the... cherish every second that you're listening to us right now, because this might be your last. For those of you who
1: want some more of us... Yes. For the four of you out there that fancy that... Yeah. You can, of course, sign up to patreon.com slash mud. You could. Where you will get... Well, I'm doing a Rugby Life tomorrow where I'm interviewing Ooh. a guy who now works for the FA.
2: Ooh. But he's
1: got a bit of a rugby story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and also we've got we're doing after the viewer vote we're doing France in the next rugby history.
2: Very I'm, excited I'm let the for prof that one. Know
1: to to revise the swat up because I'm yeah. sure he does that. He hasn't got it all day. Absolutely. No. Nope. And then we're going to be heading into the full summer which will be um our summer special episodes which is World Cup retrospectives. Are we agreed on that one? We have agreed on that. I one, think
2: we, we have. We? Yes. Yeah. Let's uh
1: That'll probably be in a couple of weeks I'm guessing.
2: Yeah, we'll... uh, We've not actually talked about it. I'm nodding at Josh as I'm saying this. No, we're literally (laughs) making this up on the fly. But uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. I think we said... Didn't we say that we were going to do 99 first?
1: That was what I said I fancied, but it wasn't final. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Fuck it. Lots of personal memories for that one. Right, so listen, thank you every single person who's given even two minutes of your time to us. This season and every other season. We are incredibly appreciative. We do love you all. Um, thank you to, even more so to people who've chosen to support us via Patreon, and I hope you're enjoying the extra stuff that you get there. And we will see you again in the new year, new year, the new season. Yes. When we will probably be changing the format of the pod a little bit. Yes. Um, because there are lots and lots and lots of pods that just talk about what happened at the weekend. Yes. And what there isn't is many rugby sort of other types of rugby pods. We'll leave it at that. For now. Yeah. We're still we're still yeah. talking about it.
2: There, there aren't many play, there aren't many rugby podcasts out there that have who's down the clubhouse. We'll we'll leave it at that. <laughs> and
1: So obviously you may all listen to this and go, Oh no, please don't change anything and we'll have to take that under advisement, of course. But we are thinking <laughs> of maybe shifting it a little bit in the new Freshening season. Things up. Because we are just one of about a hundred podcasts now that say wasn't that good at the weekend and wasn't that not so good at the weekend. So we're thinking amazingly, M- moving it mainly around. Mainly the
2: latter, let's be honest. Let's be honest,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're looking at playing, out, playing to our strengths a bit more. Indeed. Mysterious. Ooh. Thank you, everybody. Ooh, thanks.
2: Indeed. Thanks a lot, everybody. Speak, to, speak
1: to your patrons soon. Bye-bye.
0: Christmas, a time of caring, sharing and compromises, like deciding which presents make your list or which in-laws you're going to for dinner. But with Unpost Mobile, there are no contracts, no bills and no compromises. Just unlimited calls, texts and a whopping 50GB of 4G data with 99% population coverage. All for only €15 a month and you get the first month free when you switch. Switch to OnPost Mobile today and shop our range, including the Samsung A02S from 129 95 at onpost.com forward slash mobile or at your local post office. OnPost Mobile, for your world. €15 Euro Unlimited available for new customers. Fair usage policy applies. For terms and conditions, see onpost.com forward slash mobile. Sports Social Podcast Network.
3: Step into the world of power, loyalty,